Hello everybody, it's Melissa. Welcome back to another episode. So quick announcement before we get into things. Uh, the Patreon is up and running. We have some subscribers. I'm super excited. Um, if you didn't listen to the last episode, I started a Patreon and basically right now there's only one tier. It's $5 a month and it gets you access to a private listener community. So all of the listeners who are subscribing to the Patreon are going to have a place to sort of hang out together online and get to know each other and talk about all things related to autism and neurodivergent and the podcast and other things. So it's already starting to kind of take off a little bit, but the more the merrier. So if you want to support the podcast and want to kind of get to know fellow, oh, that's just my autism listeners, it's already shaping up to be a pretty cool little community. I'm super excited. So I will put the Patreon link in the show notes if you want to hop on over there and check that out. Um, I moved it to Discord because that other um, platform that I was using wasn't, wasn't working out. It wasn't, it didn't have all the bells and whistles that I thought it did. And it just wasn't, it was like a discount version of discord, which I wasn't really familiar with discord. I've never been on that platform. So I was like, once I checked it out and I was like, Oh, this is good. This is exactly what I wanted out of that other one. But it's actually like, giving me all the things I wanted. So switched it to Discord. I know a lot of people are much more familiar with that platform anyway. So that's that. That's the housekeeping portion of the episode. Now we'll get into uh, the real topic of the day, which is me just ranting more about how broken our healthcare slash mental healthcare system is because I had a terrible appointment yesterday with that psychiatrist. So a couple episodes ago, I talked about the appointment that I had with the therapist, uh, who was basically, my appointment with her was like the intake appointment for me to see the psychiatrist. So, um, for her to just get an idea of what's going on, what I'm looking for, my past history, I spent so long on the phone with this woman. It was like 45 minutes and it was terrible. If you haven't listened to that other episode, go back and listen if you want to know the details of that, but, uh, not a great experience. So since these, the psychiatrist works in the same, uh, system as this therapist that I saw, I kind of wasn't expecting this to be any better and it wasn't. First of all, Um, so it was a Zoom appointment. I had the option to do an in-person or a Zoom appointment, and I just didn't have time. Like, none of their appointment times lined up with me to be able to go in in person. Um, because I kind of would rather, for this type of appointment, I'd rather be in person. I don't know why. I just feel like I do better. I've probably mentioned on the podcast before that I don't do super well on Zoom. I get I don't know what it is. I like to be in front of someone so I can sort of read them better and I feel like they can get my vibe better. I don't know what it is. But anyway, so I opted for Zoom. I was like, it'll be fine. Uh, So I get on on time. It's like be on on time at your appointment time. And I was. And then, of course, I waited 
and I waited and I waited and I waited and I waited and the girl from the office like the receptionist girl called me and was like hi I just wanted to let you know uh your doctor's running a little behind so she'll be on in a minute just hang out and I'm like okay and so but my appointment started like 40 minutes late (laughs) which I get it it happens doctors are busy I know I worked at a doctor's office before as a nurse and I know that doctors can very easily get behind and then it's hard to catch up and it sort of snowballs throughout the day. Doctors aren't given enough time with their patients and so appointments tend to run over. You know, I know the logistics of it. and But I think waiting 40 minutes is extreme. That's a long time to be late. But then also not even apologize. Like she wasn't even like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I kept you waiting. That to me is like, great that negates the whole thing I'm like fine you're you're okay like no big deal um but when a provider doesn't even acknowledge that they were 40 minutes late that rubs me the wrong way right off the bat so anyway that's just a a mini side note there that it was started uh in a way that's sort of irritating to me because I like when things start when they're supposed to start um But then, then this doctor who's, who was an older woman, and I don't want to discriminate based on someone's age. Like I don't want to make a snap judgment, but to me, as soon as I saw her, I immediately was more nervous because it seems to me, and I'm not making, I'm not trying to make like a blanket statement here because I know there are some older people in the therapy and psychiatry realm who are informed about newer things. They're up to date, they're forward thinking and all of that. But in my experience, and I did work in mental health for a long time, so I do have a lot of experience working with, uh, you know, side by side with therapists and psychiatrists is that um, the younger people in the field are more forward-thinking and open-minded. The older ones are more stuck in kind of their training that they learned a long, long time ago, and that's that. And so, and that was pretty much the correct assumption for this woman. Uh, So anyway, she's older. I was like, eh, fine, whatever. She starts off by saying, um, they added you to my schedule late, so I didn't have time to look over your file. And I was like, they added me to your schedule late? Like, I was like, mm, I don't, I wasn't added late. I, I, uh, I made this appointment last week and she's like, oh, she's like, hmm, weird I don't know it says here that you were a a last minute and I'm like no and she was like okay um give me a second let me read through your file and I was like uh okay go ahead and she took like 15 seconds and then she goes okay so what are you here for and I'm like (laughs) didn't you just say you were gonna read through my file and so to me I was like wait (laughs) Already, I was like, why did I spend 45 minutes on the phone with that other woman the other day to give her the whole entire story, all of it, to show up here and have this doctor tell me she didn't have time to read my file. She glances at it for 15 seconds and then is like, what are you here for? And I'm like, well, 
So I start explaining, again, all of the things that I told this other therapist woman that are probably right there in my file that the doctor didn't read. Um, and so we start getting into it. I didn't mention autism. I didn't mention ADHD right off the bat. I just mentioned that I was having a hard time with emotional regulation and that, you know, da da da, da all the things that are going on. And I wanted to try some medication and what happened in the past and all of this stuff that again, was probably in my file because I already went over all of this with the other person. And she was like, okay. Um, and she asked me about if I had ever used medications in the past and all this stuff. And then I was like, okay, shoot. Like I was kind of hoping that she would know this going in, but I guess I have to disclose again that I have ADHD and that I'm autistic. So I went ahead and let her know that. And immediately the whole uh, tone changed because then after that, that's all she could focus on. She was like, oh, oh, wh when were you diagnosed with ADHD? And I was like, um, last year in August. And she was like, oh, uh, <laughs> well, uh, and I'm just like, shit, here we go again. The same thing that that other therapist did to me is happening again. And so then she goes into, uh, all of kind of, you know, similar questions that that therapist was asking me like, Oh, well, so how did you do in school? Did you struggle academically? So I had to redo all of my answers to all of these questions. I'm like, no, I didn't struggle academically. I don't have a hard time in school. I went through a hard period in school because I couldn't stay organized. I had really bad executive dysfunction. I, you know, da, 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 da. I told her the whole thing and she's like, oh, well, people with ADHD usually, um, you know, they don't do well academically. And it sounds like you did well academically. And I'm like, uh, I don't think that's true. First of all, <laughs> like with, where is that? statistic coming from. I've ne literally never heard that. Yes, attention problems can make it hard to focus in a traditional classroom, but I don't think all ADHD people have problems academically. That's false. Also, <laughs> she also said the same thing that that therapist said, where she was like, well, also, um, usually ADHD is diagnosed in childhood. If you're not diagnosed um, by the time you're 12, you probably don't have ADHD. And I'm like thinking, if you looked at my age, you would see that I was in elementary school in the 80s. Like this was not a thing that was being looked at, particularly for girls. You know, it just wasn't. Unless you were bouncing off the walls and really obviously having a hyperactivity issue, which was not how I presented at all. Um, you know, you weren't, it was just wasn't addressed, wasn't looked at, wasn't considered. So anyway, ugh. and then the autism thing, same, same. She was like, you know, a lot of people with trauma might think they have autism. And I'm like, I just need to stop telling people about my trauma. Cause she did ask about like my childhood and if I grew up in a, you know, a tumultuous environment and if I had this and if I had anxiety and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I feel like I can't be honest because automatically when they hear certain things, they change their whole entire view of what's going on just based on that one piece of information. And so I feel like I'm not being heard. 
not being seen. And I feel like these practitioners are taking in these little tidbits of information and forming their own opinion based on talking to me for a few minutes, not even looking at my file. (sighs) So anyway, (laughs) I just needed a deep breath there. I feel like I might be talking really fast and really loud. I'm sorry. Sometimes when I get wound up, uh, I lose track of like how fast or how loud I might be speaking. Uh, so I hope I wasn't doing that right now. Um, anyway, oh, so, okay, let me, let me gather my thoughts back together. Cause sometimes when I just get so mad, I just can't even think of what I need to focus on. It's not even that I'm mad. It's just frustrating and it's sad. You know what I mean? It's just, it sucks. It sucks that it's like this. Oh, and another thing is like the way that these interviews are conducted is like, it's good that it's called an interview because it feels like an interview. It's very, um, structured, but not the good kind of structure. Like I, I'm usually a fan of structure. Don't get me wrong. But like the way these questions are asked that they ask you, you can tell that they're just asking questions off of a form that they need to check a box next to, you know what I mean? Where it doesn't, it's not a conversation. It's doesn't make me feel like I can open up and honestly talk to these people about what's going on because I feel like pressured to just give an answer so that we can move on to the next question. You know what I mean? Um, even questions that are really sensitive in nature are delivered in a way that are like, I don't want to tell you this about myself. Like, I don't want to be open and honest about this because you're just, I don't think you're really interested in the answer. I think you need to check your box so you can look at this form, try and figure me out, and then do what you would like to do from there, according to your opinion to what you think is wrong with me, quote unquote. Um, so, oh, and, uh, so, I'm just, I'm like, should I talk about this? So we hung up after the interview was over, we hung up and she, this woman called me back. The doctor called me back, you know, speaking of how this is on a form, like they're just checking boxes. She goes, oh, hey, hi, we just spoke. I'm sorry, but I forgot to ask you a couple of questions. And I'm like, oh, okay. What were they? And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I need to check these off you're a new, you're a new patient. And I just need to ask these. And I'm like, okay. She's like, um, have you ever been suicidal? And I'm like, uh, no, which was a lie. I mean, um, there were, there have been times in my life when I've been in that place, but I didn't feel like it's just, That's a question that you don't just be like, oh, hey, real quick, I forgot to ask you two questions. Have you ever been suicidal? And I'm like, (laughs) do we really, do you want to talk about this with me? I don't think you do. You just want to check your box. So I was like, no. Um, And then she was like, "Um, have you ever had um, hallucinations of any kind? Seeing things that weren't there, hearing things that weren't there. I don't think you have, but have you? And I'm like, (laughs) 
oh god I'm like no I haven't I mean no I haven't that's a very blunt way to ask that question and I really haven't that has never happened I mean unless I was on like a mind-altering substance which I have been in the past but like that's I don't think that's I know that's not what she was asking she was trying to ask if I was having uh any sort of like symptoms of schizophrenia or anything like that um and so I answer that one honestly like no I haven't and she's like okay all right goodbye and I was like bye like that was the most impersonal thing ever I just <sighs> and you know some of the questions that these providers ask are so obvious it's like I, I know what you're trying to get at like there was a point in the interview where she was like so have you ever felt really really happy like to the point where it felt like too much and you maybe couldn't stop talking or had um, exhibited some dangerous behaviors like driving too fast or spending too much money impulsively doing things that were dangerous and I'm like you're trying to ask me if I have bipolar mania. You're trying to figure out if I'm bipolar. That's what we're doing right now. I know what you're doing, lady, and I'm not bipolar. Like, I don't know if these are questions that they have to ask or if she was just trying to figure if I had anything else that could explain why I think I have autism. <laughs> And so I just answered the questions honestly, like, no, I've never been manic. No, I've never had this. No, that doesn't happen to me. Like, no, none of these leading questions are leading to what you want them to lead to. I know you probably really want me to have something else besides autism. Um, but I, I don't. I'm autistic, lady. Like, it just... It's just so bizarre. It's just so bizarre. I don't know. So So her comments about like, oh, you know, a lot of adults with trauma can present similar to autism. They might think they have autism, but you know, it's really just uh this or that or the other thing. And I'm just like, I told her I have a whole report. Uh typed up multiple pages by the psychologist, trained psychologist, who assessed and diagnosed me. Would you like me? I can email that over and you can put it in my file. And she's like, oh, no, 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 that's not necessary. And I'm like, I feel like it might be necessary, though. <laughs> I feel like it's necessary. Uh, but also, like, the next person I see probably won't even read my file, just like this lady didn't. So anyway, it was terrible, but she was, she decided that, yeah, okay, we can try a medication. She decided that, um, venlafaxine was the best option, which is also called Effexor. And I'm familiar with all of these meds, like whatever it's, I, I know what it is. I know what it does. Uh, I told her about my whole heart issue. Another thing that was unsettling to me was I was like, okay, I have SVTs. This is what happened with Wellbutrin. I don't want this to happen with another medication. And she's like, oh, antidepressants don't usually cause that. And I'm like, really? Because 
And the research that I've been doing, it says that that's a pretty common thing that can happen to people with this type of heart condition, but okay, whatever. Like, I just don't, I don't know if on purpose, like maybe they feel threatened if you know a thing that maybe they don't know, or, you know, to me, a doctor should be open to hearing what their patients are saying. And if I'm saying something that maybe you've never heard of, like, Hey, I researched this. Oh, here's another thing. She straight up told me not to research. So I said, (laughs) which she obviously doesn't know anything about autistic people if she's telling me not to research, but that's another story. So I told her, I, I've been doing research on this and it seems like this is a fairly common side effect. She's like, first of all, she cut me off. She's like, first of all, don't research. And I'm like, huh? And she's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff online that is not accurate. You don't know if what you're looking at is, um, you know, real factual information or just anecdotal information. And I'm like, well, I was looking at actual studies that have been done. Um, I, I just, I'm like, don't research. You're telling me not to research the conditions that I have and the medications that I'm going to be taking. And she's like, also, you know, when you read the side effects to medications, it might, you know, you might be more prone to having them because you, you know, all of the things that can happen when really a lot of these side effects are really, really rare. And I'm like, yes, I'm aware of that. I know that if this side effect happens to one out of a hundred people, they still have to put it on there, even though it's only a one in a hundred, one in a thousand, one in a hundred thousand chance you'll get it. They still have to put it on there. That's why they always put on medications. Like there's a chance that you could have this serious, serious thing when really it only happened to one person out of 10,000 people. They still have to put it. I know how medication information works. I know that. Um, I just, that really rubbed me the wrong way when she was like, don't research. First of all, don't research. And I'm like, well, lady, I'm going to research. Sorry, that is how I am. That is who I am as a person. I need to be informed about what's going on and about what I'm putting in my body. And uh, sorry, but not sorry also. So anyway, uh, (laughs) so that was my experience with the psychiatrist. It was great. She wants me to follow up in a month. She wrote me my uh, prescription. I haven't gone and picked it up yet because I just, I'm not in a hurry to start that medication. I'll probably start it next week. I have a lot of stuff going on the next few days. So like, I'm just not in a place to be trying anything new with my brain, but probably next week I'll give it a go. I'm going to see how it goes. Um, I'm hopeful that, that it will be less um, of an upset to my system than the Wellbutrin was. Um, I just keep reminding myself that this is nothing, none of this is permanent. This is just something I'm trying. And if I don't like it and if it doesn't work out, I can stop. Um, I also had a listener reach out to me and ask if I had looked into microdosing. Um, as far as in like psilocybin or mushrooms. Um, 
And I was like, you know, I haven't looked a lot into that. I do have a friend that was doing that to treat her depression. And I'm, I'm not really sure whatever came of that with her. I just talked with her about it briefly. It was a while ago. And uh, I need to check in with her and see how that all went for her. But that's another interesting thing that I, I feel like I need to do research on. I'm really all about um, keeping things natural. Um, plant medicine is one thing that I really do believe in the power of. So thank you, listener, who uh, messaged me with that info because I am really gonna, I'm gonna look into that. I, I, <laughs> I did enjoy a good mushroom trip back in the day. That was always my favorite thing to do. Mushrooms make the world a more beautiful place when you're on them. So I know microdosing doesn't give that effect, but you know, if it gives like the teeniest bit of that effect, it, it might be really good. I don't know. So anyway, I know that kind of stuff is not regulated yet and it's not really kind of like, above board yet. Um, but I don't know, I'm going to look into it. I'm going to research it because it definitely will be an option if, you know, these medications, these pharmaceuticals aren't giving me the desired effect. And if I really still feel like I, I need something. Also, it's been really hard because, um, I'm in a really good place <laughs> right now. I feel like, uh, when I reached out to get medications, I was feeling really low. I was really stressed out. I was having meltdown and meltdown and meltdown and meltdown. And I was like, this is it. I'm fed up. I need meds. Something has to help me, you know? And I was just like desperate and panicked. And now that I'm sort of like <laughs> in a period of time where I'm feeling really good and feeling really controlled and feeling really positive, it's harder to approach this in the same way that I felt about it a couple of weeks ago when I was really desperate for some help. But I just have to remind myself that this is how it goes with me. I, these things work, they're very cyclical for me. It's, it's almost like my body fills itself to the top with all of the things and then it empties if that metaphor makes sense you know like right now I'm empty because I had a ton of meltdowns had a ton of just like I just I got it all out and so then I'm empty I feel good but then the things start building up again and this is just I know this is how it goes it's like there's, there's stress, there's sensory, there's, you know, day-to-day -day living, uh, busyness, there's, you know, all of the things that just keep like putting another, another little, um, like another like marble in the jar, you know, there's only so many marbles that my jar can hold. And then eventually it just spills over. And that's when I get into a bad place again. Um, I was really proud of myself because I was in my PMS phase the past few days and usually that's a really, really rough time for me, as you know, if you listen to the episode I did on um, periods and stuff um, and how I might, I think I might have PMDD. Uh, but this, this month I really kept it in check and I'm super proud of myself because it was really hard. Um, but then, so I start telling myself like, okay, you're fine. Like you don't need meds. You, you did fine this month. You did. There was one day yesterday was the day. Um, 
and coincidentally it was the same day that I had that appointment with the psychiatrist but yesterday was um a day where I felt very um like really emotionally unstable and like I was gonna like just very sensitive to everything and very it was just it was a lot yesterday and I I did I like kept it together and by the end of the day I was very proud of myself but also I was like you know what though like I don't feel like it should be that hard to keep it together like it took all of my effort and trying and power yesterday to really just keep myself on an even keel and so even though I did it and I can do it there's there's something to be said about the fact that really someone with a uh, typical brain like it doesn't take that much effort to keep it together you know and what if taking something will help me be able to keep it together without having to put 100% effort in. I know I'm still going to have to put effort in, but maybe I'll just have to put 50% effort in on those days to keep it together. I won't have to expend every bit of energy just trying to not be a complete and total wreck of a person. Uh, so... Anyway, these are just all of the ways that I kind of like process internally and talk to myself and just keep encouraging myself to keep moving forward with this because it's so easy for me to be tempted to change course and be like, nope, never mind. I don't need this anymore. I'm doing fine because ultimately I'm not doing fine. There always comes back around the time where I just get too much in me. I get too overwhelmed. I get too overstimulated. I get too two 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 like everything is too much and then it all just comes out in a very unsavory way so um so yeah that's my story oh anyway the saga continues I'm going to start on the meds next week um I don't oops my phone started ringing and totally cut me off um I usually put my phone on do not disturb oops I'm gonna do that right now but I forgot to do that um so anyway, I was saying, I'm not sure if you guys uh, are interested in updates in my medication journey. You probably, you might be because you might be thinking about taking medications yourself or maybe you have done that and you've had similar experiences and you can relate. So um, I will, uh, you know, I'm not going to start making this a medication only podcast, but I did want to give you guys an update on my psychiatry appointment and what a shit show that was. And uh, I will give maybe a couple mini updates here and there and just let you guys know my progress on on the meds. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's that's all I have to say for today. It's It's been a wild couple of weeks. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, um, it's, I'm grateful that I have people in my life who treat me with respect and who do believe me and who do, um, you know, see me as the person I am. Uh, that really helps. It's hard to be, um, doubted or have your basically like, a person who you're supposed to be able to open up to, a medical provider, 
a psychiatrist who's supposed to be helping you with mental health really do so many things to make you feel worse. (laughs) It's just a very weird thing to me. These should be the nicest, most open-minded, most caring providers out there. And the experience that I have had um, has really not uh, proven that to be true at all. Um, Right now, I feel like they are the most self-righteous and uh, kind of stubborn. (laughs) And again, not a blanket statement because I do know that there are listeners who are therapists and there might be listeners who are even psychiatrists out there who are wonderful And I know that they're out there. I know that they exist. Um, I used to work in psych and I knew a couple of doctors, psychiatrists who were amazing. And of course, a lot of therapists who are amazing. And my therapist that I see is awesome. She's never once doubted me or questioned my diagnoses. Um, So yes, I just want to put that disclaimer in there that some of you are wonderful. Um, Sadly, I'm only allowed to see certain people because of my insurance. My insurance picks for me, so I don't get a. Ch- I don't have an option. I don't get to be like, oh, well, I'm going to see a different doctor. It's not unless I want to pay out of pocket. That's not going to happen. So, anyway, well, okay, I'm going to end it now. I just keep rambling on and on and on and on. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, next episode is going to be a fun one. I already know what I'm going to talk about, and I'm super excited to talk about it. But I'm not. I'm not ready yet, but I will soon and it's going to be a good one. So anyway, nice positive vibes coming your way in the next episode. And don't forget about the Patreon if you guys want to sign up for that. Um, I'm also going to put my email in the show notes and the Instagram handle in the show notes if y'all want to reach out or follow for more content. That info's there too. And um, yeah, that's it. That's all for now. I'm going to go get on with my day and I hope you guys are having a great one and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.